Hello again, hola como estas? Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of Dust Brew. I am your host, Dust Brew. As always, folks, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Dust Brew Live. So, today, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about something magical. And I'd like to share this magic with you, if if you'll have me, if you'll let me. And the magic, of course, that I'm talking about is snow. So, if you live in the northeast, the northeastern part of the country, the past week has has uh, seen us experience a decent amount of snowfall. Some a lot worse than others. But I'm willing to bet, for any of you who live in areas with snowfall, you'll begin to appreciate the things I'm about to say. So let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it, mate. My name is Steve Owen. Cracked me open so he did that old stingray. What a shame. R.I.P. Steve. I would never put disrespect, disrespect on his name. But anyways. So, you know... This, these, these white flakes that fall out of the sky, and I'm not talking about your dandruff, you gross people who don't shower. What I'm talking about is those little flakes that come out of the clouds when it's cold and they're frozen droplets of water. Some of you may know them as snow. In fact, most of you will know it as snow. And snow, of course, falls. And when it falls, it accumulates on the ground. And when it accumulates on the ground, well, it makes it hard to maneuver about the world, doesn't it? Suppose you want to take a walk, right? There's no snow on the ground. Walk's pretty easy. Add some snow. Unconscionably difficult. Snow falls. People get inconvenienced. And, 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 and what do these people do? What do they do when they get inconvenienced? Do they say to themselves, Oh, well, this is where I live. It gets cold in the winter, and we have some snowfall. I might have to do some shoveling. <laughs> I might even have to shovel out my driveway so I can get to work. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Maybe I need to buy some ice melt. Maybe I need to put some salt down so I don't slip and injure my hip. Now, for those of us who are rational beings, we say to ourselves, Yes, that's right. I do live in an area where it snows. Perhaps I should prepare for the fact that it snows. But for others, no. They think to themselves, no. That's not what I'm going to do. How about instead, I whine about the snow on my preferred social media. Now, of course, I don't even have to say it 
and I know all of you are already thinking it. We all know these people, and they are on Facebook, and they are in their 30s and 40s and 50s, and they do write about their problems constantly. So let's examine these folks, shall we? So the people that complain about the snow, mind you, the snow's pretty new to them. They've only had to experience it eh, roughly 35 times in their life. Every winter they've been alive. So it's new to them, right? They're not familiar with it. They don't know how it works, and they don't know how the cleanup process works. So poor them. You know what? You people, I'm ashamed. You people sit there, you judge these people. Poor them. That's what I say. Poor them. They don't understand. And you go, you go, that's that's interesting. That That's interesting. They don't understand. Well, how can that be? They've had years. They've had a lifetime to understand. How can they not understand? And you say to yourself, well, well now this is interesting. It must be some sort some sort of a, a, a mental deficiency. No? No? Perhaps that's what I think. So these people complain. And when I mean complain, I don't mean like, man, that workout just kicked my butt. I'm, I'm a little sore. That makes sense. See, when have you ever noticed... That when you complain and it makes sense, people aren't annoyed by it? What an idea. What a refreshing take. If you complain about something that is worth being complained about, people will give you their patience with it. Now, let's examine the people who complain when there's nothing to complain about. Uh, here they are. This is my complaining voice. You ready? Uh. <laughs> what is with all the snow? Oh, the snow. It's white. It's blinding. I can't see. Oh, the glaucoma in my eyes glistens off the white, bright snow, and I can't see. Oh, I slipped and fell walking on my sidewalk today, and I couldn't get to my car. Oh, my car. Then I had snow all over my windshield and my windows, and it was cold, and I had to brush it off. But I didn't have the right brush, so I had to use, put my hand, pull it back inside my coat sleeve, and use my coat sleeve to wipe the snow off. But then after I wipe the snow off, there's a layer of ice on my window. So now I gotta turn on the car and let it defrost for 15 minutes. Oh, I'm never gonna get to work on time. Oh, this snow. Snow. And they hate it. And they whine. Oh, the snow. Oh, my mailbox. Oh, my mailbox. <laughs> I just cleaned it off and then the plow trucks came through and covered it up again. How am I supposed to get my letters in the mail? 
How am I ever going to get my letters in the mail containing all the bills that I can't afford to pay? <laughs> you would think 35 years of practice would give somebody the ability to withstand. I mean, you know, they say soldiers are tough. They say police officers are brave, you know. People who have given their lives to save others, firefighters, doctors, nurses, EMTs. You know, they say this is the brave class of people in America. I say no. I say no. These people, oh, brave. Oh, you you th- put yourself in harm's way. You go into a burning building to save a child. Oh, you're so brave. No. You know who's brave? I'll tell you who's brave. A 37-year-old grown woman who, born and raised in a snowfall area, in an area that gets snow precipitation every single winter. Every single winter they get snow and they can't handle it. I can drop a single like this. You can't handle it. Easy. I can be a rapper, but that's for another episode. You know who's brave to me? 37-year-old woman posting on Facebook. Dealing with the snow. I mean, what a trial and tribulation it is to go through that snowfall. To dig out that mailbox. I mean, step aside, you firefighters, you police officers. Step aside, you soldiers. Step aside, man. Step aside. You can't handle the bravery this woman has to feel. Or man, because men do it too. And I don't want to seem like this is a I hate white women podcast, because it's really not. I hate some of them. Not all of them. Don't be silly. I mean, (laughs) you know, my family, all the women in my family are white women. Of course, I don't hate all of them. Just some. Just like some white men I don't like. And black men and women and asian men and women and every race has bad people in it and every race has good people in it it's just the people i'm talking about these snow haters they're just they just happen to be white women in this case and i'm sorry i apologize for saying that but i will continue So the bravery that these women have to go through, I mean, it's inconceivable. The Mount Everest they have to climb each year, I mean, how on earth do you expect a 37-year-old woman to clean her car off? I mean, six inches of snow on the car, how will she ever do it? How will she ever conquer this quest? You ever play a video game and you have a quest you're doing and you go... You go, that's a hard quest, you go. You go, this quest is very hard. Very hard indeed. I wonder if I'll be able to to complete it. I've died several times trying. Well, if you're in that situation, I want you to think of these people. I want you to think of these people who can't handle the snow. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it is not the snow's fault. If I was Robin Williams, and the snow is Matt Damon, I'm going to look that snow in the eyes, and I'm going to say, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. 
It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And that snow is going to start weeping. Oh, no, I guess it would be melting. But anyways, you get the point. So, the, you know, these brave, brave soldiers of snow, these brave, this snow battalion, how, how can we ever compare them to anyone else? Just, just the amount of courage and will it takes to succeed through a wintry season, unreal, unbelievable, and to them, I applaud. I give you applause. So these people, they're just, they complain every year about something that they absolutely know, knows, they absolutely know is going to occur. How can you do that? I mean, how ridiculous is that? To sit there and complain publicly, publicly, mind you, about something that you know is going to occur every single year. I mean, is there a form of psychosis? Is there a mental illness that we can diagnose these people with? I mean, certainly, certainly, certainly. We can find a way to help these people. It is 2021, folks. The time is now to take care of your mental health. So please, please look after those around you who suffer from this horrible, horrible condition. Please help them and be patient and be patient. After a lifetime of letting the condition run wild, it consumes them. It takes over their minds, their bodies, their actions. And you need to help them change these behaviors because it'll make them feel so much better. It will make them feel so much better. So to those people who may complain every single year about the snow even though they've experienced it their entire lives and they're upwards of 35 years of age for those people i say carry on soldier god bless you you know along with these snow soldiers of fortune the snow battalion as i mentioned earlier there's another group of people That I think bear witness. That we should bear witness to. And we should really listen hard. You know, 2021 is a year of listening. I'm listening. I feel like Fraser Crane right now. But it's true. I'm listening. And I know that literally I'm not listening right now. I am speaking. And you're listening to me. But at the same time, I'm listening to you. I hear you. Okay? I hear you. And you hear me. And that's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's very beautiful. And I thank you for listening. And I want you right now. Actually, here's what I want you to do. Right now, I want you to to say out loud, Dustbrew, thank you for listening. I'm serious. Stop whatever else you're doing. I don't care if you're driving. Let go of the hand. Let go of the steering wheel. Carrie Underwood it. Jesus, take the wheel. Let go of the steering wheel. And I want you to put your hands together. Not like a prayer, because that's blasphemous. But I want you to just 
close your eyes. I know you're driving. I don't care. Close your eyes. And I want you to just say out loud, Dust Brew, thank you for listening. So just say it out loud with me. Dust Brew, thank you for listening. And truly, 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 I want to say to you, from the bottom of my heart, I'm listening. Okay? I'm listening. I am listening to you. And because I'm listening to you, I've heard the calls. I've heard the cries. Oh, how you cry out. And I've heard it. Oh, I've heard it. I've heard it hundreds of times, thousands of times. I've heard it. And I know. I know it hurts. I know it does. But you have to keep going. You have to keep going. Those of you who complain about local restaurants on the internet. You are my heroes, okay? You are my people. And here's why. Because you complain, change comes. Shout out to my boy, Sam Cook. A change is going to come, and it's coming today because of you, you brave people. I mean, who else has the courage? Who else has the courage to write that their their food tasted sort of bland? Their food was kind of bland. It didn't have a world of flavor. And you know what they did? They complained about it at a diner. A local diner in a small town in the United States of America. I urge you, my dear listeners, to find me a single, a single small diner in the United States of America that literally has food that you would consider a world of flavor. I'm not joking now. I really do want somebody to find me just one with an actual world of flavor who in their right mind complains about a diner having food that wasn't top tier i have never gone to a diner in my life because of the food not once i go to a diner for for a community a communal feeling I go to a diner for social interaction, for a place to hang out with my friends, drink coffee, debate the topics of the day, get, dig deep into different subjects. That is why I go to a diner, folks. And that is why everyone goes to a diner. So you brave souls out there complaining publicly about a local diner who's been there for half a century... I applaud you because it takes nerves, it takes guts, it takes will to literally complain about a place where nobody expects the food to be good. Not even the people who work there expect the food to be good. You ask them, you ask them, you go up to a server, hostess, host, cook, etc. I want you to go up to them and I want you to be like, "Uh, excuse me. I just had a question really quick. 
Um, do you, do you, do you think the food is good here? Is it real top shelf? Is that imported beef right there? Is that, that's Wagyu beef, right? Is that Kobe beef straight out of Japan? That, that has to be Kobe, right? That's top shelf right there, isn't it? Is it? Now, the coffee you get, is it from Colombia? Is it hand sourced? Is it, is it organic? Is it GMO free? Has there been any uh, cases of improper labor in the in the in the supply chain? I, you ask them these questions because I really do think you'll find the answers you're looking for. You ask them these questions, and you see what answers you get. Try this out and see what answers you get. I just do it for me. I so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating for people to find the time and 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 craft these beautifully eloquently written posts. Just I mean, ugh. James Joyce would shudder to write like this. I mean, Robert Frost would he needs to take a writing class at these people's workshops. I mean, just beautifully written, eloquent. Ah, oh, I just did that thing where you put your fingers together, the tips of fingers, put them against your lips, and then splash them apart like a chef's kiss. Just beautiful. Beautifully written, elegant posts. Just destroying these local restaurants and destroying literally the concept of snow. Like, literally, how can you write a bad review of snow? It's literally a weather event. And they write a bad review of it every single year. Without fail, they write a bad review of the snow. It's just unbelievable. But it is believable. And that's why I applaud these people. Because no one else in their right mind has the nerve to write these kinds of posts. And I really do applaud them. I know some of you are sitting here going, oh, Dustbro, here he, here he goes again being sarcastic. But I'm really not. I really do applaud the bravery of these people. The yeah, bra bravery of these people to go on these pages, to post publicly about local institutions that have been there forever. Or to post publicly about... a literal weather event I mean Roger Ebert step aside these reviews of weather events no one can top no one Gene Siskel roll in your grave buddy because you can't beat these people you can't and if you can't beat them you gots to join them that's what I always say you know, I love when people say that. That's what I always say. Oh, nobody has ever said that's what I always say and they actually always say the thing they said that's what I always say. Like if you can't beat them, join them. I've probably said that less than 20 times in my entire life. And yet I'm sitting here going, <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> Isn't that what I always say? Oh, it sure is. Oh, that's what I always say. <laughs> oh. <sighs> yeah, that is what I always say.
In fact, these people say the phrase, that's what I always say, more than they do the phrase that they said they always say. I'm not going to repeat that because I'll confuse myself trying to do that sentence again. But you get what I mean. These people are nuts. And I'm nuts. And we're all nuts. We belong in a jar of cashews. Yes, I know. Low-brow, low-hanging fruit humor. It's where we're at, folks. Listen, it's 2021, guys. If you're looking... I mean, nobody cares anymore. Can we just be honest? Nobody cares. It's 2021. Nobody cares about Ellen DeGeneres or the fact that she treats her workers like a slave ship coming in from Eastern Africa. Literally nobody cares. Nobody at all. And for that reason, I'm out. I'm done with caring. If you're with me, put your hands up right now and say, I'm done with caring. Because guess what? You're done with caring too. We're all done with caring. Because it's too much effort anymore. The last year and a half, or we'll say the last year, has taught everybody the fact that you don't have to care anymore. You don't have to pretend to care anymore. How freeing is that? Oh, I don't have to pretend to care anymore. I don't have to pretend to care about these things that nobody should care about at all. Social status, celebrity, fame, fortune. Ugh, isn't it so exhausting pretending to care about all these people and things that nobody should care about? Just stop already. Enough already. It's 2021. You don't need to care anymore about any of these things. Just stop it. Stop it. You go, oh, oh, my post on Instagram didn't get that many likes. Stop it. You post something because you want to share something with the people that you like, the people you're friends with. Stop it already. It's, it's, we're done. We're done. Okay. We're done. We're finito. Finished. Estamos terminados. We're done. So let's just let's just cut it out. Cut it out. Like Joey from Full House. Can we stop it? Enough already. Enough with the caring about this crap. It's not worth it. It drains you. Stop doing it. Stop doing it right now. I'd like to tell a story now to wrap up this episode. And I think it's a story you'll all, I think you might appreciate it. And I think it might shed some light on the things I've discussed today. And I think it'd be a good way to close out the episode. So I believe that's what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not going to drag it on and on and on because nobody wants to do that. So here we go. So, uh, several years ago, uh, I was at my family's cabin. And for those of you who don't know, this cabin is in a pretty remote location. Now, there are other cabins uh, around it, but they're mostly used the same way we use ours. It's a vacation place. It's a place you go 
to visit or to hunt or to just to get away from the hustle and bustle of life. And one one uh, winter we were visiting our cabin and it a uh, good amount of snow fell. I believe it was like uh 8 or 9 inches I believe we got. So obviously we're in a remote location. It's a stone lane that comes up to our cabin. So there's snow everywhere. No plow trucks. No salt. Just snow. Now, of course, we have shovels. We have the ability to clean it up ourselves. So we did that a little bit just so we could get around. But we didn't do it too much. We could let the snow lay for the most part. Just as long as we could walk and we could get our cars out. That's all that we really cared about. And I just remember, I remember looking, just looking out into the woods, right? And just seeing that fresh powder lay on the ground. Have you ever looked out in a, in a location out in nature and you just see that beautiful fresh powder just laying on the ground and it hushes the world. Hush. Makes everything silent. And it's the most beautiful sight. I promise you, if you get the chance, and you can, if you live somewhere cold, or you can go somewhere cold where there's snow laying on the ground, just take a walk by yourself, no headphones, no music, not even with your friends. Go by yourself, walk out into the woods, and just look at, just sit there and be quiet and be still, and just look at all. Look at everything around you. I promise you there's not a more calming effect in the planet. I don't care how many Xanaxes your doctor drugs you with every week. It won't be as effective. So I just remember this beautiful view. This beautiful view outside our cabin. Into those woods. And the other thing I remember is. One day I took a stroll by myself. I was probably 15 or 16, so I was old enough that I could get my way around no problem and I didn't need any supervision. So I'm out there walking by myself, and it's dead silent. It's probably 8 a.m., so, you know, the animals are still resting, and especially when it's cold out, deer and other large game tend to rest and lie down to preserve their body heat. So I'm not hearing too many pitter-patters. You know, you hear squirrels pitter-pattering around, birds, you know, doing their calls in the morning. But other than that, it's pretty quiet. And as I'm walking, as I'm following this path, I hear distinctly measured footsteps. And I'm talking very distinct, like not not the way a squirrel would pitter-patter along. Like, see, a squirrel would do really quick steps and then stop moving and then keep moving. But it wasn't like that at all. It was very measured footsteps. It was... And it wasn't very heavy footsteps. It It sounded light. So in my head, I'm going, oh my goodness, am I about to see a bear, a deer... Or even, you know, 
it could be a, a fawn, a baby deer, you know. That's maybe why the footsteps were lighter. And I'm thinking about all these natural possibilities, these animals. And finally, I, I crest over this ridge in the woods. And I, and I can tell those footsteps are getting closer. And I stop and I just wait. And the footsteps continue. And then suddenly, the footsteps stop, right? And so I'm looking around, looking around, seeing if I can see the thing that's making this noise. And finally, I glance down, and I spot, I spot it. I spot the creature that's making these noises, the thing that's making these noises. And lo and behold, it is an Amish girl. Now, I'm not talking about a teenager. I'm not talking about a grown woman. I'm talking about a little girl. She could have been seven, eight, nine, ten. I have no idea because I saw her from a great distance. But I promise you, it was an Amish girl by herself. I could tell because she was dressed in all black. She had a bonnet on. I knew what she, who she was. And I just, we just made eye contact. And we didn't say a word. I didn't even wave. I don't know why. It was just like this. It was so unexpected to see her. I thought I was totally alone out here. And I just see her. And it's just me and her. And I'm going, this is so strange. You're the last person I thought I would see out here. But I couldn't. It was like my mouth couldn't. Know, I couldn't say anything to her. And she didn't say anything to me. All that happened was. We exchanged glances. We held eye contact for a second. And then she turned and ran off. She turned around and ran off. And there I was standing by myself in the woods again. The silence fell upon me yet again. So I too turned around and made my way back to the cabin. And the funny part is, I never told a soul about this till right now. I don't know what it was. It was just... Seeing her out there was so unexpected and it was so, it was so strange. But at the same time, it was this weird connection. Like we were both trying to find something out there in the woods, just trying to find that connection to nature. And I think when we exchanged glances, it was just like we both understood in that moment that we were both searching for the same purposeful, meaningful thing out here in these woods. And it was actually a beautiful moment and one that I'll probably never forget. It was just the strangest thing to see her out there. It was just the last person. I didn't think I was going to see a person, period, let alone an Amish girl. So for that reason, it is such a striking memory in my mind. And I will never forget her and I'll never forget walking in those woods. And so I urge all of you to find some woods and just take a walk. And I think you'll feel better about things. Dust Brew is out. Peace.